What's Securing, a cybersecurity-focused podcast, brought to you by Data Connect. Hi everyone, and welcome back to What's Securing, the cybersecurity podcast brought to you by Data Connect. I'm Charlotte, and today I'm joined by my colleague Georgia, who is part of the Data Connect team, to discuss today's topic, Be Real. We're going to take you through what Be Real is, for those that don't know, and discuss its security implications. So let me introduce Georgia to you. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Hello. Uh, yeah, thank you for having me. It's very exciting. It is. So first things first, mm-hmm. can you tell us what Be Real is? So Be Real is a French social media app which was originally created in 2020, but the app didn't really gain much traction globally up until, up until around 2022. Okay, quite recently. Yeah, so it only sort of became big in America, in the UK, because Be Real had basically taken it to like American universities, including Harvard. Okay. And encouraged university students to sort of spread the app. And that's how it sort of became from then. It just sort of spiralled from there. That's really interesting. Could you tell us a little bit about how the app actually works? So the app works by um, prompting users at a random time each day to post a picture of where they are and what they're doing. So the app will take a snapshot of the back camera and of the front camera both ways at the same time to gain okay. sort of insight into your surroundings. So not only will you see somebody's face, you'll see what they're doing completely. And then once you've posted it, only you then can see what your friends have posted. So okay. in a way, it's sort of like a you must post this picture then and there to see what your friends are doing. Okay, and does everyone get the same notification, take the photo at the same time? Yeah, so what happens is you have a different ringtone for Be Real. So do you know you have like a text tone and you sort of set a notification sound for that? Be Real has its own individual text tone and it will say it's Be Real time and I have sort of like attention, like it's very eye catching. Okay. And then obviously everyone all over will be like, right, that show everyone what I'm doing at, for example, 12 o'clock. Okay. So it works quite like, like that. Nice. So the workings of the app is very much based on its purpose. So that um, when you're prompted, prompted at random times of the day, it generates this authenticity of like, you're being asked to do it then and there. And I think that whole idea of it being authentic and them doing, them sort of picking when you want to post it's very different to other social media apps that we see on like a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I get that. I guess um, with typical social media that we often use, um, you choose to post when you want and you choose what you are posting and you normally would pick um, maybe an edited photo or a photo that tells a narrative that you're trying to portray on your social media. Yeah, exactly. I think it's a thing nowadays with social media where you have to put across a certain image and I think they create to be real in a kind way of like, you know, this is how people are on a day-to-day basis, people's lives aren't as interesting as what you might see on Instagram and I think, you know, it was just sort of a different take to things and I think people sort of enjoyed seeing people be normal on the yeah. app, if you know what I mean. I get that and I like, I guess it ties in with the name of the app, with it being called Be Real, if its purpose is to show real life rather than 
staged images that we want to put out of our lives. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so could you let me and the listeners know what kind of people use Be Real and what sort of demographic that it's aimed at? The demographics of the app is pretty much what you'd expect. So the majority of the people are between the ages of 10 to 24, which makes sense. However, the age to use the app is 13 years old and older. But however, you can contact Be Real as a parent. But um, Be Real's main target audience is generally just the younger population. And then within this, around 66% of those people are between 18 to 24. So most of them are just uni students or young professionals, really, I'd say. Okay, that's quite interesting. Yeah, and then within that demographic is obviously me and my friends, because we obviously, you know, we use the app to keep in touch. And we're all obviously between the ages of 18 to 24. And I do have, you know, some family members that are maybe a little bit younger close like a bit close to that 10 year old sort of bracket so yeah I'll probably say from my experience the researchers agree with what I've seen okay but in general as well with the demo- demographic your friends list is generally a lot smaller if you, in comparison to maybe Instagram or Snapchat so my my friends list is about 30 to 40 people whereas Instagram could be like 600 plus maybe for example yeah, so it's much more like a tight-knit community. Yeah, and I'm not sure if it's to do with the fact that maybe Be Real has, is not as popular as Instagram. Yeah. Or if it's to do with the fact that because you're posting such boring personal things, you only really want to see your friends see that because of everything. Because if you don't know them, you wouldn't really care as much, maybe. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah, so now you've got an idea of the app, you know, how it works, why it was there. And, what to sort of expect yeah so so I have one question so far about the app and we've said that you can add your close friends and it's often a tight-knit community that you can add on the app but is it only them that can see what you post or does it open up to a wider network of people well there's two answers to this so answer number one would be when you post, you can post to your friends or you can post globally. Okay. Which means that everyone all over the world can see what you post. You see what people are doing in like Spain or France, things like that, which is interesting to be fair. Another thing that I have come across is that on Be Real, you cannot see anyone else's friend list. Okay. Which is that it doesn't sound that bad. However, it's really, really easy to impersonate someone on Be Real because of this. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so for example, um, there was a story with a woman, I just read it on the internet when I was researching Be Real, and she had had an ex-boyfriend she didn't want to have on the app. So she blocked him and it was completely fine. And then he created a fake account of her friend. Okay. And she added her friend thinking it was her and it wasn't. Okay. But there's no verification to prove who it is on the app. Right, okay. Yeah, that could become an issue. Yeah, obviously, if you post and stuff, you then might realise, you know, it's a different person. Yeah. But at the same time, you can very easily maybe hide your face or something like that, perhaps. So it's just that, it, obviously, like you say, it is a tight-knit community. However, it's I think it's very easy to infiltrate. Sure. So maybe there's like a false sense of small community. 
Yeah, and I guess I can understand that from if you're thinking it is only going to your friends um, and that's all you can see and that's all they can see. Exactly, and as well, like I said before, it's really hard to verify who is who. Because, for example, if you have, you know, f uh, Facebook, for example, you have mutual friends, you can see the mutual friends, you can have, you can see information such as where they live, loads of things like that, which, you know, verifies a person is who they say they are. Yeah. Whereas, be real, because, you know, you know, the data's more private, and that could be good, but at the same time, it's really hard to verify who's who. Yeah, really. it opens it up slightly to being abused by... Yeah. someone or that doesn't have the right intentions. Exactly. So on that note, what types of things have you seen on the app that has prompted our discussion on it today? So, I mean, I've been quite surprised at some of the images that my friends have posted and how open they are to sharing things on their Be Real. Okay. So I had a close friend of mine and she took a snapshot a snapshot of her computer screen and the notification as you know because the notification went off and she was at work and just thought oh we'll take a picture I'm at work right now and um, but the she had the computer screen obviously on in the background and it shows some really sensitive data as they had the accounting sort of system okay. um, up in the background so they had Sage I don't know if you've seen it it's just quite a common program but sure but um so you had sage up and then they had a list of all their customers on the screen and then so when you have be real when you post a picture you can actually zoom in oh okay so of course i zoomed in <laughs> and um you could see every single customer on the um that they work with on the obviously wow. system and you yeah. could actually see the balances as well so maybe how much money they spent, things like that. Wow, that is not the kind of thing you just want on on public social media. No, it was, it was, I couldn't believe it, to be fair. Um, so my friend, you know, she was completely just unaware of the issues and the consequences. If your boss had seen that, I don't really think they'd be very happy. No, not at all, really. Yeah. The issue got me thinking, and I sort of had to take it and take it from a stance of, you know... I'm aware of the issues, I'm aware of the consequences. Let's start thinking about what's going to happen and why this is bad sort of thing. Yeah. What I think would be a really good idea is if we have a look at the app right now and see if we can find any real world examples of what we're seeing on the app. Okay, so let me scroll the app now and I'll scroll down and I'll find... Oh, okay, so the first picture here is my friend um she's posted a picture of her face but obviously with the back camera is her she's at work so it's obviously her work computer and it's oh, she's got some she's got her emails up and you can see here that some of the attachments oh it literally says strictly private and confidential well great start <laughs> yes not great a good start, start. <laughs> um and you can see here as well um people's obviously other people's emails in there you can see names and you can see what she's been searching on google wow and then at the bottom as well so it has a people's direct hours for people to ring to okay so, does it say like what company she works for is there any indication of that 
Yeah, I I can see what company she works for. Obviously, I won't say it on the on the podcast. Yes. But from what I can see, because I, I didn't know where she worked before. Yeah. So I can see now who she works for, where she works, because the location's turned on, who she's been speaking to, what she's been Googling, and what they've been talking about. And also, I could probably ring that number, because it also has her number and address at the bottom. That's a lot of information to be able to gather just from one be real post yeah just on one photo but this is what i mean so this this is like the first picture that's come up yeah so when i say this problem is a problem it's not a case of it comes up every so often it's a very common it's a very common occurrence yeah i guess it does show a lot that the first one that you clicked on was exactly like what we're talking about right now yeah exactly so this is what i mean so, Georgia, what do you think the security implications of Be Real are? There's many implications. There is many ways in which people can manipulate information. So, for example, so let's go back to the person that had the Sage um, opening, open up on their laptop and they had a list of all the companies. Yeah. So say a cybercriminal now has an image of all the companies that your business works with. Right, so it's there. They have the information. So the criminal could very easily impersonate maybe a CEO of one of these companies in a type of CEO impersonation attack. But because you already have custom relations with this company, yeah, someone impersonating the CEO, it's very it's very hard to sort of not fall into the trap. I think a little bit because you know you know who they are. You know it's a CEO. You know it's the company, it could be very, very easily done. Um, and it actually has happened quite a few times. So, for example, um, a Chinese plane parts manufacturer lost nearly $60 million in a CEO fraud scam. So the members of the staff were tricked into sending huge amounts of money to this fake CEO from this company that they thought they worked with. And I'm pretty sure if I remember rightly, the $60 million weren't just sent on a one-off. Do you know what I mean? It was sent multiple times and obviously no one picked up on it. Yeah, I guess um, that when you've already got trust established between two organisations that work together Mm -hmm. and someone comes in and manipulates that trust, especially when it's communication that you would expect to see or you're expecting to receive from that company and someone comes in it could be easy to overlook the signs there that Mm. there's something wrong. Yeah, exactly. So another example is the idea of reconnaissance. So for example, reconnaissance is basically the idea that an attacker will gain as much information as they can on a company or a person before they commit the attack. So, for example, imagine you have a company and the company has 20 employees. This uh, cyber criminal could, you know, gain as much information on the company so they could find where the company's based, the directors, they could find out, you know, their insurance companies, employees through LinkedIn. And then once you find the employees through LinkedIn, you can find their hobbies, you can maybe find their social medias. And what they can do is um, they can manipulate the information from there. So for example, with my friend posting the picture of her emails, you can see how she speaks to people. And you can see 
numbers on there you can see emails you can see a snapshot of that thing right there in that time yeah which can sort of tell an attacker you know how she speaks to people watch just that certain time where her office is based and when i say office is based where her desk is even based you know who's around her sort of things like that it makes it easier for attackers to conduct that reconnaissance because you're giving them more information publicly available to get their hands on. The more you post on social media, the more open you are. That just gives them so much more to go off with. Yeah, definitely. And the more sensitive data that is public for them to get their hands on just means they're already, they're already so much more prepared than they would be. Leading on from what I've just said as well, um, be real, obviously, as we've mentioned, it asks you to take a picture at different times of the day. Now, from a cyber criminal's point of view, that cyber criminal then has an idea of what you do at different times of the day. Yeah. So then they get an idea of what you do in general. Whether, for example, if be real goes off at half five and you're at home, you, you know, you must you might have finished work at five o'clock, that's why you're at home. These all yeah. piece things together, really. Or, for example, if they could be real and you're on holiday, they're thinking, oh, you're on holiday, you're not in the office, that's interesting. So that's another issue of, you know, using the information and how be real kind of make, worsens it for people because, you know, when you have Instagram and Snapchat, you just sort of post whenever you want. Yeah, I guess it provides, like, a map of your routine, doesn't it? And it's easy then to picture how your day is structured and your work day especially. And I guess if someone was to impersonate, um, do an impersonation attack, following information they've gathered on Be Real, then they would have they would have the knowledge to know the types of that you'd be sending and when. Yeah, exactly. One thing that I've been thinking of during the discussion about the security implications of this is whether users are really aware of these implications or not. And it got me thinking, like you said before, that the notification to be real comes as a surprise a lot of the time and it comes out of the blue and you're not sure when to expect it. And so when you do get that notification, you did show me briefly what that looks like. It had attention and what that does, it installs a sense of urgency in the user. And what that does, I think, is is quite similar to what you see in social engineering attacks um, used by malicious actors, where they will try and make you react to something without thinking. And that's quite similar to the be real notification because you get the notification and you act really quickly because you're posting at a point in time and you don't want to miss that. And so it's so easy and I can understand exactly how you've seen so many examples of people posting at work because they're just not thinking about what they're posting. They get this sense that they need to rush their be real pictures and they're not thinking about what they're sharing online. Mm. which I think is quite worrying. It does tie into the fear of you don't want to miss out and so you're, you're rushed mm. into doing something and it doesn't give you that time to sit and think about what 
you're posting. Exactly, yeah. And that might offer the reasoning as to why people behave so poorly on the app, maybe. Yeah, and why we're seeing so many examples of this. Yeah. So, after all the information that we've heard and that we've gone through today, what do you think is the best advice to give organisations on Be Real moving forward? So, I think there's three main solutions. So, the first one, I would say, is better social media policies. And when I say better, I mean have a social media policy which is reviewed and updated and communicated. Yeah. So, for example, the social media policies that you see nowadays will be based on Facebook or Twitter when it, when it says things like, just be careful what you say about the company online or things like that. Yeah. And they don't really include newer apps. So maybe creating a poli like a policy which includes the sort of newer apps and things like that would be better and it would clarify to employees um, a little bit on how to work a little bit better. Yeah, and I guess as well, like when the emergence of new trends like Be Real come out, mm. it's a great time to review that policy and mm. to have colleagues and employees look over it again and re-engage with that content. Exactly, which then leads me to the next point of better communication. So, for example, if you're relating this back to social media policies, you need to communicate better with your staff and be aware of these new apps. And that can only be done through communication, through talking to staff. And it's difficult, and I understand that. But if you have better communication, you can then be more aware of what's going on. For example, you know, I don't want to generalise, but normally the CEO is a little bit older. You know, it takes time to be the CEO, it takes time to be the director. You might have someone um, a bit younger that's maybe doing admin, things like that. And there's a big age gap in between those two people. Yeah. And when new apps are coming about, I don't really think they're going to be on the same wavelength of what they use in their spare time. So I think if you communicate that and you're open, I think it will it will reduce the age gap in a sense and mean, mean that when you have social media policies, they're more in alignment with which which what goes around the company as a whole. Um, leading on from this as well, um, better communication could also mean awareness training. So awareness training is basically all about having this culture of security amongst your employees. Yeah. It's like a blanket. It's something to refer back to. So, for example, awareness training could mean phishing simulations, videos and quizzes. Awareness training is great because it means it's in people's minds. Yeah. That's great, Georgia. It's been so interesting to learn about all the stuff that we've gone through today and really insightful to just know a little bit more about Be Real and its security implications. So thank you very much for being on the podcast with us today. It's been lovely having you. No, thank you. It's been absolutely fabulous. And thank you to all of our listeners. I hope you found this episode interesting. And don't forget to join us again next time. Thanks very much. Bye.